Well, you can see all the displays that have been set up here. Beautiful displays that you can look at and uh, flowers that are here. And of course, we're here to honor the memory of, of Honey Grosso. And um, some, I used to know her as Amalia, then she became, no, that's right, she would like to be called as Amalia. Exactly right there. I think she, she changed that from a time. So anyway, I'm Pastor Steve Markadant. I have the privilege of being Honey's pastor for over 40 years. And uh, she always called me pastor. But you know, Honey, uh, she doesn't take direction real well from people. So <laughs> didn't usually ask for advice and such like that. But uh, a strong-willed Italian lady from Brooklyn. And you really would not have to talk to her very long before you knew that. She'd let you know where she was from, you know. And uh, so, Honey was born December 30th, 1948. Passed away peacefully in her sleep on May 8th of 2023. Just a couple of scriptures to get started, and then we'll have prayer. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I would just like to say hello, too, to folks in New York and Louisiana and maybe some other places, too, that are watching online here today and, uh, and uh, honoring Honey's memory that way. John 14, 1 through 6. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwellings, the words of Jesus Christ, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. But Thomas dared to ask, Lord, we don't know where you're going, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. Very good, Maggie. I think those will go nicely right there. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Pastor Ken, would you come and lead us in prayer, please? Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, we gather today to celebrate and to mourn the passing of our sister, Honey. Father, let us reflect on her life and our own lives as we think about Honey leaving us temporarily, but now enjoying your presence, being before her Savior. Father, may we honor her memory, may we reflect on her memory, may we, may we discuss her life and share fond memories of her, but not lose sight of the eternal perspective that the passing of each loved one brings to us. Father, bless this time that we've gathered. Help us, those that mourn, 
Help our tears, Father. Give us laughter as we recall with fondness and love our sister, your child, Honey Grosso. Bless this time. May it glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Ken. And as I say, it's a sad occasion. As, as he prayed, it is a sad occasion. And if tears flow, that's just fine. You know, uh, we can shed tears of love. If it's uh, a little bit of laughter that you're looking for, well, that's fine too. Because uh, she lived her life, finished her course, and now is with the Lord. I asked our church people to give a, a few memories. Uh, Greg, our son, is going to come at the, to close the service and um, speak on behalf of the family. But um, I asked our church family to give some memories. And I'll just use the first names of these people. Um, there, there were many that came in that were very, very similar. But Linda R. writes, Even though Honey had her disabilities and was in a wheelchair, she made time to write out little cards with notes of encouragement and gave them to me over the years. She was always praying for her family. And many people did mention that about uh, receiving birthday notes, anniversary cards, thinking of you cards. It's something that she could do and something that she did do for her church family using the church directory. Uh, Jane H. writes this, Honey was especially dear to me and my family, one reason being she was one of the first people I met here at the church. She was often talking about Bible doctrine and especially passionate about the sovereignty of God. For many years, she didn't fail to send us cards on our birthdays and anniversary. I prayed God would restore her to full health, but that was not his plan. I'm thankful she's now in the presence of the Lord. Of course, as we know, Honey was an intelligent person. At one time, she had a huge library specializing in evangelism to those who were stuck in false religions and, and cults and such like that. And, um, you know, somebody told me about the fact that um, she gave them an apologetic study Bible, you know. And that was just something that she gave. And she gave it on purpose and with a purpose, and it's a precious, it's a precious thing to Michelle. Um, and so, you know, she really loved a Bible teacher by the name of Walter Martin, you know. And um, some of you know who Walter Martin is, the Bible answer man, the first Bible answer man, I believe. And um, I'm going to guess that Honey has probably already met up with Walter Martin uh, up in glory by now, you know. Honey lived her life right in this neighborhood over on, on Marin Avenue over there and for a number of years on the other side of the church on Virginia Avenue, and uh, she was a faithful church attendee uh, for many, many years. Of course, she was here, and then she was elsewhere some other times, and then she'd always come back, you know. Uh, she was in uh, a couple other states. But uh, she was a faithful church attendee for years until the pandemic, and then she faithfully watched online from that time and occasionally was able to get here. As you know, Honey spent the last uh, few months, almost a year, in a care facility confined to a hospital bed. Uh, you can imagine she didn't like that. That was not what she wanted, but it was what was best for her, you know. And there were times that she had anxiety, and there were times, and this is even normal, there were times that even she, she needed encouragement in the gospel, even fearing for her own soul. But she certainly did belong to the Lord, and uh, simply talking to her uh, would usually just alleviate those fears and and remind her that she belonged to him. 
It isn't easy to be stuck in a hospital bed and not able to get out of the hospital bed. But that's what the Lord ordained for her. And um, I think she adjusted to it. And as I said, she did die peacefully in her sleep. You know, whenever Honey did have times of despair, uh, she would hear the gospel and be reminded that God loved her and God was with her. Now, you might notice a, a little something here. Uh, there's some pink carnations, or not pink carnations, pink tulips down there. Some pink tulips. They're not as pink as I wanted them to be, but uh, pink tulips meant something to honey. And I wanted to have five pink tulips. And the lady said, uh, five, you're going to hardly even see them. Tulips are small. <laughs> you know? So she talked me into 10. So I said, okay, let's the tulips come in 10, roses come in 12. Now you know something that I didn't know. You know, just a bit ago. But um, she wanted five tulips because uh, five pink tulips had to be pink because she loved Arthur Pink, <laughs> one of her favorite authors. And the tulip uh, has to do with um, doctrine that's very precious to honey, the five points of Calvinists. And I could not tell you how many times I've, I heard Honey, repeat uh, to myself and to others the, the five points of Calvinism, using her fingers to count them off, total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. And uh, that was what, what Honey lived for and talked about and uh, over and over. So there you go. I had every intention to take pink tulips up to her on Tuesday, but she died early Monday morning. And so here they are in her memory. She had two sons, Davy and Greg, very proud of both of them. She kept a lot of the things they made in childhood. She prayed for them often, spoke about them often, loved to talk about them, you know. Honey had friends, but I think maybe her best friend for the last years of her life was Renee, and he helped take care of her for many years, and she lived at Renee's house. She had some good times, she had some difficult times. And uh, you might remember near the end she wore a football helmet. And, and there was a good reason for that because um, you never knew when she was going to have a seizure. And uh, she could fall and uh, hit her head and that would be devastating. So she wore that football helmet the last years of her life. And if you knew Honey, you also know she had a temper. And I'm sure those of you who are close to her felt it at one time or another. But uh, most of the time, she was sweet and loving and happy and willing to get by without much of this world's material goods. Personally, I'm going to miss Honey, and I know you will too. And um, really, the day, actually about 12 hours before she passed away, uh, Renee, Brendan, and Caleb visited Honey on her last day on earth. And, and Caleb, one of the men of our church, writes this, I remember that Honey would change the lyrics to songs when she liked the melody. She'd say, that's a great song, but it needs different words, you know? And I've heard that many times. Then before long, it was turned into a Christian song. So she would take a song like, it's a small world. Okay, you all know the small world song, right? You're gonna get an earworm today. <laughs> but you won't if I sing it. You'll, you'll wanna forget it. So I'm not gonna sing Honey's version of It's a Small World. But I'm going to try to tell you what the lyrics were, okay? And uh, just maybe you can figure it out later of how to sing it. You know, it's going to be hard to do it without singing it. But uh, it goes, he is Lord of you. He is Lord of me. He is Lord of sky. 
He is Lord of sea. He made everything. He is Lord and King. He is Lord of all. That would fit by the, by the small world song. And then the chorus. She even had a chorus going with it, just like small world does. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. See, I can't help but sing, <laughs> even though that's not really very good singing. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. And, and she'd write songs like that and then sing them and enjoy them. And that was just part of who Honey was. Well, what I'd like to do is talk about the gospel for a few minutes here. A gospel that Honey loved. She was a woman who had a love for the Lord Jesus Christ, the sovereignty of God and the word of God. And uh, what message would Honey want me to preach to you today? Well, it's going to be a short message, maybe 10, 15 minutes at the most. But I think she'd want me to say, God saves sinners. Because we have a gospel that is so simple, it can be put into three words. We have a gospel that is so simple, it can be learned by a child and understood by a child. But each of these concepts are so profound when we talk about God saves sinners. Each of these concepts can be expanded upon, spend a lifetime looking at it. It's rich and full. So let me talk to you about those three words. Very simple sermon. God saves sinners. Hopefully, I'll say it enough that you'll go out of here today and say, well, there's one thing I learned. It's God saves sinners. <laughs> okay. God. First of all, God. The gospel must begin and end with God. He's the one who's in control of all things. Many people go through this life thinking that, that God is just like us, uh, just a lot bigger, a lot more powerful, and can do things that we can't do. Well, that's not really just all that God is. It's more than that. So we need to know who God is. Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus says the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first I am the last. Beside me there is no God. He is the only God. And Isaiah tells us that. And the Bible tells us that in many places. And uh, the only true and living God is our God. The first and the last. Or maybe you know it from Revelation as the Alpha and the Omega. The first and last words of, or letters of the Greek alphabet. There's only one true God. And his work can be seen in creation. And he's best known through the scriptures and best known through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So we need to know who God is. Exodus 34, 6 and 7, though, is God's self-description of himself. And he says, the Lord, this is him talking, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious. I, I can hardly ever say a prayer without thanking the Lord for his mercy and his grace. Because that's what he actually says about himself. The Lord, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, and by no means clearing the guilty. There's only one way the guilty can be cleared. And they can't do it themselves. They have to do it by trusting 
in the Lord Jesus Christ and looking to him alone. So it's a deep subject when we're talking about God. Uh, I'm not going to tell you, I've been a pastor for more than 40 years, I'm not going to tell you I know everything about God. Uh, I think the more I study, maybe the less I know. And I'll spend all eternity learning more and more and more about God. Why will we spend all eternity learning more and more and more, those that are Christians? Because he's infinite. You can't ever come to the end of who God is. And I'm finite. I can only know so much. And what I know about God is what he tells me about himself. But there are things he does tell us about himself. Things that we can know. God has no beginning. God has no end. No end I can kind of figure out because it just keeps on going. No beginning? No. Don't. It doesn't do any good to say, well, you know, go back farther, go back farther, go back farther. No beginning. Incomprehensible. He's a spirit. Doesn't have a body like we do. He's immense. Not limited in size like we are. Uh, take a look at the pictures that come to us from, from telescopes and, and from more recently the, the newest one that's been put up there and see how vast the universe is. If we're talking about immense, God's bigger than that. That's what he made. You know? He's the creator. No one made him. He's eternal. He never came into being. Uh, it's one thing to be immortal, never to die, but like I say, to be eternal is incomprehensible. He's our God. He's our creator. And he's our father, except I have to qualify that. That's only true for Christians. We can call him our father. The lost, if you don't know God, can only know him as judge. Honey liked to talk about sheep and goats. If you ever talk to her much, you talk about sheep and goats. And uh, to her, and the Bible does speak this way. The sheep are God's children, and the goats are those that don't know him. So if you don't know him in saving faith, I'm glad to tell you that God saves sinners. Which brings us to our second point, saves. Salvation is an act of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he moves like the wind. We can't see where he's going. We can see where he's been by the work that he does in people's lives. And the evidence is a changed heart and a changed life. And a Christian is a new creature, an entirely new creature. God saves sinners. Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead, is the only Savior of sinners. Jesus said this about himself, John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me. Now that's not very inclusive. I'll grant you that. But you'll have to take it up with the Lord, for, for that's what he said about himself. You know. And then Peter said in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And saved? Saved from what? That's a good question to ponder, isn't it? Saved from what? And the answer may surprise you. I hope you have an answer in your head, but the answer may surprise you of what we're saved from. The Christian who trusts in Christ is saved from God himself. The wrath of God does not fall upon him. And we deserve it. I deserve it. 
Why would God have wrath against us? Because we're sinners. <laughs> That's the whole point we're talking about. We're sinners. And honey was a sinner. And I'm a sinner. And you are too. You are too. But I have good news for you. News that honey liked to talk about. God saves sinners. Which brings us to our last point. God saves sinners. And you know what? Those are the only people that he saves. Those are the only ones that he saves are sinners. And there are many invitations in the Bible. But really none of them would qualify to those that don't think they need a savior. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. If you're weary and heavy laden, there's a place to go. The Lord Jesus Christ. He said another time, if any man is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Obviously, an illustration. But if you're self-satisfied with your life the way that it is, you're not going to come to God. You know? But if you know there's a need, come to him. Come to him. And no one has ever perished at the foot of the cross. He saves sinners. We need to know we have a problem before we can be saved. But that's where the good news comes in. If a person doesn't believe they're a sinner, they cannot be saved. If a person does not realize they're a sinner, they cannot be saved. And it's the work of the Holy Spirit to open a person's eyes so they can see their real condition before God. And if you want a simple way to remember the gospel, 1 Corinthians 15, verses 3 and 4, tell you what it is. Paul says, For I delivered to you, first of all, that which I received. Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried, and He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And it's always a blessed thing when a man, woman, boy, or girl realizes they're a sinner, at that point, we know that God is working in their heart. You know. Well, to be saved, one must quit trusting himself. They must put their faith and hope in God alone. And that was something that Honey was never ashamed to confess. That she was a sinner, but a sinner saved by grace. And God gives, excuse me, God gives to the sinner. God gives not a perfect life. That's just not going to happen in this world. Not going to, not perfect life, but a new life in Christ. Just to conclude, the Bible says in Ephesians 2, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit which now works in the sons of disobedience. It was that way 2,000 years ago. It's still that way today. Among whom also we once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. That's a pretty dark picture there. But that's not the end of it. But God. That's the next verse. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. And then he goes on to say, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, 
not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Does a Christian do good works? They should. That's the evidence of a changed heart. It's doing the things that, that God says are good. Well, it's absolutely guaranteed that the only people God saves are sinners. It's also true that he saves the ones who have new life from God. He makes us new creatures, not perfect creatures, but a new creation. A new creation that knows God, that loves God, that wants to live for God. Even though in this world we can never live for him perfectly. Today, right now, I I say with confidence as one that known honey for more than 40 years, uh, that she's with her Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I uh, just ask you, do you know the same Savior that Honey knew? If you are in that class who realize you're a sinner like Honey did, then there's hope for you. For those are the people that Jesus died to save. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you for your love, grace, and mercy. We thank you for Jesus Christ the Lord, who loved us and gave himself for us. Thank you for a life that was lived. Lord, it wasn't lived perfectly. Which of us live life perfectly? But it was lived, and it lived for you. And she loved you. And Father, you loved her. We thank you for that. We know she suffered affliction throughout her life. But Lord, which one of us do not suffer affliction? You use affliction to sharpen us and and make us more into your image until we finally come to you and are totally perfected. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you'd comfort the grieving. Comfort those with heavy hearts. Open eyes, open hearts. Do it through the ear gate. Do it through the eye gate of reading the scriptures. Do it, Father, in the way that only you can do it. Every Christian has a testimony. A testimony they can give. Father, the testimonies differ in their aspects of circumstances. But every Christian testimony boils down to the same thing. I was a sinner And God saved me. And Lord, that's the greatest thing that we can say. Now help us, Father, as we continue on. We pray that you'd help Greg as he speaks about his mom. We pray your blessing on everyone that's here today and the fellowship to follow. May Jesus Christ receive for himself all the glory. In his name we pray, amen. Greg, come please. Thank you, Pastor Steve, and thank you to everyone for joining us here today. All right, let's talk about my mom, Amalia Honey Grosso. She was loving and caring, and for those of us who knew her well, know she could be a little loud and outspoken as well. She was loved by many, and that's why we are all here today. Although we may have had our ups and downs, 
Today, I choose to only share the good memories of my mother. From what my mom told me, she was raised Catholic and converted to Christianity in her early 20s. She loved reading her Bible and studying scriptures. Not only did she love reading the Holy Bible, she would also read the Book of Mormon and the Watchtower used by Jehovah's Witnesses. She learned how to point out discrepancies and knew where to direct them in the Holy Bible. A lot of people, including myself, run and hide or pretend not to be home when Mormons and Jehovah's Witnesses are coming to our front door, but not my mom. My mom couldn't wait for them to ask if she had a few minutes to talk. Because <laughs> not only did she have a few minutes, she had quite a few hours. And I am pretty sure at some point our house was put on their ban list. My mom would often tell me about how I got my name Greg. She told me that right after my brother was born, she was laying in the hospital bed and was looking at the ceiling and saw my grandfather's name, Guido Rudolfo Itoro Grosso. And the first letter of each of his names spelt Greg. She must have told me that story several times a year, and I did listen every time she wanted to tell it. My mom also taught me how to read and write, right before the grade of kindergarten. Her and my dad, they took me to church every Sunday and taught me how to have faith in God. My mother suffered from epilepsy since the age of 16. She had little seizures almost every day and also had the much larger grandma seizures about once every year or so. My mom was recently, she was diagnosed with a temporal lobe brain tumor. This type of tumor is usually benign, but it does affect your body, such as weakness of your muscles, numbness, difficulty hearing, speaking, memory loss, and her emotions, among other things as well. My mother's health started to rapidly decline and had to be put on hospice. The hospice nurses would call me just about every day to give me updates on my mother. They did tell me that my mom did indeed have cancer. My mother's cause of death was cardiac respiratory distress and malignant neoplasm of the temporal lobe. The malignant tumor spread fast to parts of her brain and her body. And you know, my mom did have more than her share of health issues during her life. And I know now she is finally at peace up in heaven. Love you, mom. Thank you. Excellent tribute to your mom from one that knows her best. Yeah. Well, we do honor her today. Feel free, you know, sometimes people in their grief don't want to speak about those that have passed. And that, that's a mistake. You'll do better. You'll do better to speak of her and to have fond memories of her and share those memories with each other. That, 
that's really the right way to go about it. You know, when, when Lazarus died, the Lord Jesus Christ um, was at his tomb and wept. Weeping's fine. And Jesus wept even though he knew he was going to raise Lazarus from the dead, and he did. Well, honey's going to be raised from the dead too one day. Be reunited, body and soul. That will happen. That will happen at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. So we honor her today. Let's stand together. We'll be dismissed. The food is over in the room there. I'm going to pray, pray for the food there. And um, like I say, feel free to talk about honey. Talk about memories that you have of her. And may the Lord Jesus Christ um, just touch each heart to his glory. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for Honey's life. Thank you for those that she touched along the way. Thank you for her two children. Thank you, Father, that you work in ways that only you know and understand. So, Lord, we honor you as we honor her. And we thank you that she's now at rest. Certainly difficult last years. This is true, Father. But you take us through according to your purpose and a purpose and according to your grace. So we thank you for your love. And may Jesus Christ receive all the glory. In his name we pray. And bless the food. Ah, yes. Bless the food, Lord. And may Jesus Christ receive all the glory. In his name we pray. Amen.